Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. I'm excited to be talking today with Yolanda Tucker from Tucker Trained. I love the name, by the way, uh, where she works as a procurement trainer, and you also have a podcast, Ready, Set, Procure. Uh, Tanya, thanks for joining me. Or Yolanda, thanks for joining me. I'm grateful you're here. Thank you, Steve, for having me. I appreciate your opp the opportunity to speak to your guests. Yeah, it's great to meet you. So, Tucker trained. Tell us, how did you get here and kind of what's the backstory of uh, how you got into what you're doing now? Well, um, I've changed the name of the company a couple of times trying to just find the right one. I think I finally got it. But um, I am a contracts manager, have been for well over 20 years. And um, a couple of years ago, I was working for a transportation broker and I had a lady that I needed to put on a corrective action plan because they were not performing to contract. So I gave her a call and, you know, I'm, I asked for the owner and they they transferred me to her. And so she and I talked, but I had in my files that it was a gentleman. I think his name was Frank or something like that. So she, I asked for Frank and she said, well, that was my dad and he passed away and I inherited the company. So I said, well, you know, gave her my condolences for her father passing and then said, uh, I am calling you because we're going to put you on a corrective action plan. You're not performing according to contract. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. And, you know, she got upset and, and she said, let me call you back. And she does in about, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. She calls me back and we chat and I tell her, you know, she's like, what is a corrective action plan? I'm like, well, it's, we, we need you to correct your performance. You're not performing to contract. Um, come to find out, even though she'd worked for the company her entire life. She'd never been in the administrative, you know, roles as far as the contract was concerned. Mm -hmm. so she really didn't know about contract, didn't know about terms or conditions or any of those things. And so, you know, um, was very concerned as a single mom that losing this contract, she would lose the business. In addition to that, she had a child that was going to college and one that's that fall and one that was going two or three years later. So she was concerned. Well, I was yep. a single mom as well. Um, I had raised two brothers and put one of them through college. Um, and my son wasn't going to be with her youngest son going off to college. So I could, ha I had an understanding, you know, of what she was going through. So at the company that I worked for at the time, I went to my boss. And I said, hey, told her, you know, what was going on and asked, could I go out and do a, you know, procurement contract management training for them on, on our dime, right? And so my boss was like, you've lost your mind, but yes, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out, spent three days. We did a three-day intensive procurement training with them. Um, about nine or 10 months later, I get a call from her and I'm just going to call her Carol. And the reason I, I don't give names and stuff like that, because one, I work sure. for the company um, and that stuff is confidential. But anyway, Carol calls me up and she says, oh my God, Yolanda, you're never going to believe this. But today um, I just got the the award of two contracts. And so, um, and it was based on the information that you taught us during that intensive training that you came out and did. And it took her um, company from being a hundred thousand dollar revenue company to over a million dollars. So, um, and then she told me she's like, you know, I know you're not happy with where you are now. You just need to quit and go do this. 
And so, um, you know, like I said, I, a couple of months after I said, yeah, well, maybe I, I do that because I've always been a small business owner. So I said, you know, take what you know and, and put it into place and help other small businesses because I, I literally saw it every day. And I know that procurement is, um, you know, one of the keys to, to up and to, I shouldn't say up and to increasing your revenue um, <laughs> as well as your profit margins. So procurement, we're talking about getting with large businesses, private sector, government sector, and getting in the, in on their process. And so you're training them on how to understand what these processes are, or is it how to like training Carol, is it how to behave as a, as somebody who wins a contract or, or all of the above? All of the above actually, okay. um, because all of the, those things are, you know, it's, it's a bucket. And so all that entire bucket is what makes up, um, but, you know, getting them one to understand what procurement is, because a lot of people think procurement is just always oh, just the art of buying. It's a little bit more than that. Um, you know, how to be it. A lot of small businesses, they don't even be in on contracts because one, they don't know where to find them. And mm -hmm. two, when they do uh, can find them or know where to go to get them. Some, you know, some bids could be 30 pages, some bids could be 300 pages, right? right. So I have some business owners that tell me, I look at those things and they're intimidated. They're very intimidated by mm -hmm. it. And so one of the things that I teach is one, how to go through uh, an RFP or a solicitation. Um, usually they're RFPs, which stands for request for proposal. Um, but I teach them, you know, how to go through it. It's like an elephant. You have to eat it one bite at a time and it yep. is boring. God knows it is. <laughs> But it is the key to to that pot of gold on the other side of the rainbow. So in order to get that, sometimes we have to sit down and I tell them, you know, in, in either time you've worked all day, I get it. You're tired. But get your favorite drink, whether that be non-alcoholic or alcoholic <laughs> and get a highlighter and a pen. And you literally have to go through that yep. solicitation page by page, word by word and understand what they're asking. And another thing is we, we want to make sure that we're doing that prior to the question and answer phase, right? Because most mm -hmm. solicitations, there's a, a phase that you could ask questions. Um, what we what a lot of business owners or small business owners don't really understand is those proposals are written by people and they make mistakes just like all of us do, right? So there are some times that you, as you go through a proposal, you're like, wait, this doesn't match up. It doesn't add up. You know, this doesn't make sense. And so that gives you that opportunity during that, that uh, question phase that you can go and ask those questions. And um, I've been on the side, on the side where we've asked enough questions where they will actually pull the solicitation because it is wrong. <laughs> yep. I've been <laughs> there too. Absolutely. You poke yeah. enough holes in it and they're like, wait, we exactly. can't put this out anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So they'll pull it, redo it, and then put it back out sometimes. Um, and for, unfortunate for me, but fortunate for me as a contract manager, I've had to do the very same, you know, pull it and say, okay, we messed up here. We need to do, you know, this and then reissue the solicitation. So it, it just happens. But again, um, just letting people know that that information is there, where to get it and how to consume it. Gotcha. So I work with a lot of agencies. Hopefully there's a lot of agency owners listening to this. And there, there's an author, uh, speaker, trainer uh, named Blair Enns. And he talks a lot in his book about disrupting the RFP process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of agencies won't bid because it's a blind process. You don't know who you're bidding against, how many right. you're bidding against. Are you right. just invited just because they got to check a box and invite six other agencies right. or they've got to invite a female agency or a minority mm -hmm. agency, but they already know who the winner is. Right. What are, from your experience on both sides of it, what are some ways that specifically agency owners can disrupt that process and, and get the edge on the RFP process? Again, asking questions. 
um, mm -hmm. building those those intimate relationships with contract managers or, you know, um, the, the usually it's going to be a KO or a CO according to if government or, or private sector. Um, but, you know, asking those questions, I uh, in, in my current position, I put out a, a RFP I don't know, a couple months after I got here. And I got a phone call from a gentleman and he says, are you just, you know, I don't want to waste my time. Are mm -hmm. you putting this RFP out because you actually need someone? Or are you putting this RFP out because you guys need, like you say, to check the box, you right. need your quota. Um, and it was, we, we, I needed people. I was not looking for a quota. And I, and what I told him, I said, sir, if you'll look at that RFP, I think it was ended up being like 69 pages, sir. I did not put 69 pages just to check them right. <laughs> It would have been more like three pages. Right. Um, so I, but I do, I understand that because there are a lot of times that is exactly what happens. Yeah. So, so asking questions, building those kinds of relationships from the, um, the, the procurement side, what are some of those things that, that you or they are looking for in, you know, you're comparing five, 20, who knows how many bids, like what are some of the things that are taken into consideration? Is it, is it who's got the cheapest price or best quality, best experience, best niche? Price definitely plays a part. Um, mm -hmm. Your the niche as well. Um, all of those things that you just named quality, you know, all of those things. Um, another thing I think a lot of people don't realize is your, your, your company's actual financial, um, status, you know, that means something. I am not going to award a contract to a company, a million dollar contract to a company that has $5 in the bank. That, that's, you yeah. know, that is, is me taking a huge chance. Um, so, you know, having good, good, um, business credit, having, um, you know, some financial statements, you know, and things like that, all of those things help. Um, in addition to that, just, just, you know, again, making sure you're answering my pain point, that's going to be mm -hmm. number one for me. Are you answering my pain point? Because like I told a, a small business um, client the other day, if my feet are hurting and you say, Steve, you say, Hey, I have the best. These things are like, you know, they're like walking on clouds. Then I'm going to say, regardless of price, my feet hurt. <laughs> right. How do I get them? Right. Yeah. Um, and then, then I may say, you know, I, I think I paid a little too much, but in most cases, it's going to be about that pain point, Init especially initially my initial purchase. It's going to be about you, you solving that pain point. So when you solve that pain point, you know, that's one thing. And again, I won't, I won't tell you a lie. We do look, I'm, I am going to look at price. I'm also going to look at how your company is set up. You know, and what I mean by that is I'm looking at your officers. I'm going to go through, I mean, I'm not going to contract a company and you have a sex offender as one of your officers, not going to happen. So they mm -hmm. go through and they do, you know, I do a background check on, on all of your officers and things like that. So we just have to be mindful when we are putting together our solicitation responses. Um, and, and even more important is to tell the truth. Okay. Don't tell me that you have this super product that you could bring to me, but you don't have a super product that you can bring to me. That's, <laughs> and believe it or yeah. not, people do. You know, so um, that's always going to be a red flag for me. But again, I am going to look at your financials. I am going to, you know, I'm going to kind of dig deep and I'm not really, I'm not trying to get in your business, but I'm trying to understand who you are as a business. Just like if you go to a bank to get yep. a loan, you know, they're, they're looking. So I want to make sure one that you can perform, especially on a government contract. You know, I can't have you come out and you can't perform on this government contract because Uncle Sam wants to know where, where is my money? The taxpayers want to know, and they, they have every right want to know what are you doing with my money and why? Yeah. What about the incumbents? Like, 
you know, I've gone into, and I only bid as an agency owner previously on like one or two state contracts. And I realized I felt it was weighted against me because I'm not minority owned. I'm not female owned. I'm not the incumbent. So, I mean, how much does that play in the game of, you know, it's an open bid, but the incumbent wins it every single time, you know? Well, they don't, they don't win it every single time. Um, Sure. I mean, there is a high percentage, but uh, so there's a couple of questions there with the incumbent. Do does the incumbent want to come back? Sometimes they don't. Hmm. Um, in the 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 bid that I just talked about, RFP solicitation that I put out, um, the incumbent ended up coming back. But the reason that I was initially going out to look for a bid was because the incumbent was like, "I'm done with y'all," and was quitting. So you know, we that was a relationship that we had to repair. Um, and one of the reasons that we repaired it was because. We I couldn't find anybody that was anywhere comparable to price to the incumbent. Okay, so again, all of those things, you know, they mean something and they matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman that I told you that called me, he's like, "Is this for real? Do you really want his his price was a you know it was the lowest one that I had." Um, if I looked at all outside of the incumbent, if I looked at all the other bids that I got, and I think I got three or four, I I talked to forty one people. Um, But I only got three or four bids um, for this particular solicitation. So and then, of course, I we have budgets. So I look at my budget and say the lowest bid that I have is outside (laughs) of my budget. So now I have a problem. Okay, so I have to figure out how to either bring the budget and the lowest bidder together or I have to figure out how do I convince the incumbent to stay. So. And that's, you know, it's not always like that, but it can some, you know, sometimes be like that. Um, In this case, we convinced the incumbent to stay. Paid more money, but but still (laughs) not as much as the lowest bid. So, you know, again, it's it's a business. um, So we have to make the best business decision, not just for the people bidding, but, you know, for for us as a whole. Yeah. So so talk about some of the certifications, women owned businesses, minority owned businesses, veteran owned businesses. Um, handicapped or disabled, I think is is one. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but some of these different certifications and and I mean, just how much money is out there? Both again, private sector, you know, nonprofits, government, state and federal, tons of money out there. I mean, what's the, what's the process there that that business owners should think about? There there are billions of dollars out there um, with a B and, billions billions with a B yes <laughs> um, in 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 those categories. So like you say, woman owned. Um, minority owned. Um, it's if you're in a hub zone, that's one. Um, it's disabled veteran owned is, is okay. the one I think you kind of. Um, so again, the government, the federal government, puts aside pots of money for each of those um, those statuses, for lack of a better word. Uh, you have to usually have to go through a process to get it. You know, although I am a black woman, I am not necessarily just because I look black. <laughs> I am not necessarily a minority or woman-owned business. I have to go through a process right. um, to be, you know, approved, and 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 they say, hey, you are. Um, it's usually not uh, a a. It doesn't usually doesn't cost you anything, and it usually is not a long process. It can be an intensive process in asking for the documentation that's needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I have a client that needs to go through minority um, or woman on, you know, any of those designations, what I do is I start with the hardest one. So if you get all of the information for the most difficult one, then when you get to the other ones, you have everything, you've already collected everything. So all you have to do is put them in the order. 
Um, and that's another thing that we have to be mindful of, especially on the government side, on government agencies. When they give you a packet or something, they want it back in the same order that they gave it to you. Same thing with the solicitation. You know, if they've taken the time to sit down and say 1A, they want that's what they want in 1A. So we have to be mindful. Another thing for small businesses to be um, mindful of or to think about or keep in mind, I should say, when you don't follow directions, guess what? I am not going to hire a headache. <laughs> So that's a red light. That's a red flag right there. That, of, we're not even going to answer you now. Flag. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge red flag because if you can't follow directions on the solicitation, then once I award you the contract, again, you're just going to be a headache to me. So those are things that, you know, we need to be mindful about. Yeah. Red flags on both sides. Cause I know a lot of owners are like, yeah, we have a list of red flags of people we don't want to hire, but mm -hmm. on the opposite side of, you know, potential clients have, uh, or, or contract award teams have, list of their own red flags of don't follow the instructions, you're gone. Don't use the right yes. color ink, you're gone. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So and another thing that you asked about was um, on the on the commercial side. So mm -hmm. there there is money there too. You know, the pot certainly it's not a billion dollars, but there there are funding, um, you know, there are different companies because they've gotten government money, right? And so they have to have a certain set aside for minority, for women, on for those designations. So there's also money on the commercial side. Um, but what I, I found in my own personal dealings with small business owners, a lot of them don't think about, oh, ABC company is over here. I offer this service. Let me say, ABC company, are you, you know, will this solve your pain point? Um, one of the other tips that I give is, especially we go back to the government side of incumbents, go most times you can pull those contracts after they've been awarded. Go see mm -hmm. what the contract was awarded for. So you want to see, oh, is this in my price range, right? Do my products or services line up with what they've already paid? If they're more, just <laughs> find another product or service, right? Um, the other thing is we, we don't really think about all of the products or services that we as business owners have or could have. We may have Again, let's go back to the feet thing, right? I may have this this insert, but I can make a shoe. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we don't think about, you know, forward thinking. Okay, how do I take my, my current product and turn it into something that will be a pain point solver for the government or another company? Interesting. Yeah. So, so kind of thinking ahead outside of the box of what could they need down the road. That makes a lot of sense. And that's one of the reasons that you would review some of those that have already been awarded, you know, again, and then you can get to see their, um, you know, their solicitation response, right. look at it and see what did they offer. Um, but like I say, most important, be truthful, be honest and tell them what you can do versus what someone else can or will do. Yeah, I like that idea of, of reviewing the winning bids to see just from a competitive standpoint, where did I come in? Was I competitive? Um, how can I sharpen my pencil next time? Is my service the right service? That that sort mm -hmm. of uh, competitive review makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, and if you um, if you bid it, ask for a debriefing. Everybody yeah. is entitled to a debriefing. So ask for a debriefing and find out, you know, why you didn't get to the next round or why didn't you didn't get awarded or whatever. But most times, you know, we're we're deflating and defeating and we're like, I'm not, you know, <laughs> and yeah. going. That is valuable information that you could utilize, like you say, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I always encourage that, you know, find out why you didn't get it, especially it's a long process sometimes. And so you can go through two, three, four rounds of 
interviews, meetings, bid, mm-hmm. bid reviews and revisions and things like that. And then to finalize, oh man, we didn't get it. We gave it to so-and-so. Well, can you tell us why? What can we do differently next time? Or where could we have been? And a lot of times, you know what? You've come this far. We loved you. It just came down to this one little thing. And, exactly. you know, whatever that thing it might be. be. Something that you could, you had no control over. You know, it may be your cost, but your raw material cost is a certain amount. It, for right. me, that at least would give me a little bit of, you know, ease. You know, I can't, there's nothing that I could do about that. That's what it costs. Someone else is able to procure it or produce it at a lower cost, more power to them. Yeah. What about, I mean, some of these procurement systems that, you know, once you get approved to get into so-and-so companies procure, or government agencies uh, procurement system or process, it's a two, three month slog to get into that that mm-hmm. process and that system. Mm-hmm. Once you're there though, I mean, it's worth the uphill battle to do that because once you're there, when things come out that are in line with your SIC code or you know what your services are, is it just an open floodgate of here's opportunities for you that you can turn down? Well, it, it, it can be twofold. It can be a floodgate. And then sometimes it, it's not. Again, it's going to be based on, you know, the money that the government or or the company, if, if it's on the um, commercial side, has. Um, but in most cases, and that's why I tell people, build relationships. Um, relationship building and networking, it still works and it works in contracting, right? <clears throat> you want to be able to, um, because, yeah, you may put out a solicitation, but there's also a thing called sole sourcing, right? So I may get a, a, you know, somebody come in and say, hey, Yolanda, I need you to fix my tire. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I don't we don't have but I have one company that that does tires. So I'm not even going to put out a solicitation. I'm just going to sole source with tire ABC company. So you you're you've already been through the process. I know who you are. We have, you know, a relationship because we met at some point. We talked at some point, whether it was in, you know, a, a general event, you know, because the government does do that. They have events that you can come out and you can meet these um, contracting officers or you can meet these buyers or, you know, sometimes because, you know, the title may change. The, the functionality is about the same. And again, and I've had this happen. Somebody come into my office and say, hey, I need, you know, a janitorial service that does this in particular. And I said, you know what? I know one and we're going to sole source that. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, so they don't put it out to bid, but they would invite somebody to become part of their procurement process or system or whatever, and that's sole sourcing. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. awesome. I think there's super valuable information. I lo- I know a lot of small agency owners, in particular small businesses, are intimidated by the process um, to get into you know large company or private sector, uh, uh, government, um, state or federal procurement systems. So. You know, the fact that you're you're letting them know, hey, it's open to a lot of different types of businesses. Um, it is a pain in the butt process, but it's worth it, I think is super valuable. So uh, I, I love that. Um, I want to shift gears real quick and ask a couple of random um, questions not related to procurement. So uh, just rapid fire questions. First one is, okay. what what is a book or podcast or show that you just can't get enough of right now that you're binging on? <laughs> well, I'm binging on this show called BMF on Stars, Black mm-hmm. Mafia Family. <laughs> um, it's based off a of true. Well, there, there's a documentary out there, and um, there is a um, a TV series. Fifty Cent is the executive producer. 
Um, I'm not a huge 50 Cent music fan, but I love him as a producer. The guy does some amazing things. But I'm being, I, 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 I'm done. I'm done. I've been watched that over the weekend. It was great. Like I say, I like stuff that's based on true stories. So um, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know the backstory there. So that's that's a good one. Um, no, that that's great. What is a tool that you have recently brought into your daily or weekly or whatever routine that you just can't live without anymore? Um, I recently created a ready, set, procure journal. And so as a, you know, as a, a contract manager, as I'm going through procurements or solicitations, I'm looking and I wanted all my stuff to be in one place um, mm -hmm. so that, you know, again, because solicitations could be 30 pages, it could be 300 pages. So to try to go back through every time, you know, you get ready to start. I, just, I So I, I created this journal where I can sit and I can write. And so whatever, you know, it, in that particular solicitation from questions and answers to when it's, you know, when I need to submit it and when it will be awarded, I had it all in one place. And that has been fantastic for me because I don't have to, <laughs> yep. to find it. I love that. Um, and then finally, what is an in invaluable piece of business advice that you can uh, impart on other business owners? I think the most invaluable piece of business advice that I've ever received and that I, I try to give all the time is be your authentic self. As mm -hmm. a small business owner, be your authentic self. And and like I say, on the, the, the I'll give two. And the second will be be truthful, be honest, mm -hmm. you know. Love that. Yolanda, thank you so, so much for your time, for your expertise, your wisdom, uh, and sharing that with our audience. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, Drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.